Welcome church family. My name is Vicki Bumgarner and I'm a covenant member here at Providence Road. We are so glad you are joining us in worship today on Mother's Day. A special welcome to all the moms out there who are watching. We know you are being stretched now more than ever during this time. We hope you know you are a light to your kids, your family, your friends, your neighbors. We love you and we hope you feel honored today. Our desire with this video is that we, as the saints, can gather together spiritually and praise God today. Whether you are in Norman or somewhere else, whether you are worshiping on your own or with the people in your household, we hope this is a time for you to slow down, to let go of the distractions around you, and to just sit and reflect and respond to the presence and glory of God. If you are new with us, along with this video, you should be able to find a few additional links listed wherever you found us this morning. You will find a digital PDF guide that allows you to follow along with this video easily. The guide also includes resources and crafts for families with kids. Feel free to pause this video as often as you need while you look up scripture, pray, and open up the additional resources. There is also a second video we have provided that includes some of our worship leaders. Um, they've put together um, a video for us to sing along with them, and you can also find the PDF of lyrics um, for you as you um, watch that video and worship with us. So let's get started. This morning, I'll be reading from Hebrews 4 as our call to worship. Feel free to read along in your guide as I read aloud. Hebrews 4 verses 14 through 16. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Next, let us move to a time of adoration, which is also defined as a deep love, respect, and devotion to God. So let's read Revelation 4, verses 8b through 11. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their throne, throne sorry, they cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. Confession is a time when we come before God and honestly admit our shortcomings and how we don't measure up to the holiness of God. Read this prayer of confession along with me. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, and too deep to undo. You command us to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but so often we love ourselves with those things. You command us to love others with the gifts you give us, but we take the gifts you give us and build up ourselves. You promise your children an inheritance, but we chase temporary wealth that doesn't satisfy. You say those who drink from you will not thirst again, but we look to earthly fountains to quench our thirst. Set us free from a past that we cannot change, open to us a future in which we can be changed, 
and grant us grace to grow more and more in your likeness and image. Through Jesus Christ, the light of the world, amen. We now remember the forgiveness God shows us based on his grace and the person and work of Jesus. Read these words of assurance along with me. May God the Father forgive us by the life, death, and resurrection of his Son, and strengthen us and give us the power of the Spirit to love our neighbor as ourselves all our days. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to God. So now that um, we're going to continue in a time of prayer, um, I want to read over us um, a passage from Ephesians 3.14. So you can flip there in your Bibles if you'd like and read along with me. And we'll use these as kind of our main uh, prayer points um, during this time. So for this reason, I bow my knee before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Um, so we'll uh, take pause here, um, and there'll be some prayer points up there. And the three prayer points that we have are, um, first, that he would strengthen us through the power of his spirit. Uh, second, that he would give us a better understanding of his love for us. And third, that we would live lives rooted and grounded in his love. Uh, so please uh, pause the video, take some time to pray together, and then we'll um, come back and I'll pray for us all. Father, we um, first of all just thank you for um, uh, just your, your love for us that um, uh, just surpasses um, all of our expectations and all of our knowledge and that we just can't even comprehend it. Um, Father, we ask that you would strengthen us um, through your spirit, that we would not rely um, on our own power um, to um, try to strengthen or hold, our, hold ourselves up, but that we would be wholly dependent on you and um, that we would seek the strength that can only come from you. We also pray that you would just give us a better understanding of your love for us. Um, it's, it's hard to comprehend um, just um, the, the depth of, of your love and um, just the ways in which um, your love is manifested through your son, Jesus Christ. And so we just ask that you would help us um, to be reminded of that as we go throughout our days and that we would meditate on that and, and just come to a better understanding of what it means um, to be loved by you. Um, and then we also just ask that through these things that um, we would just live lives that are rooted and grounded in that love, um, that we would um, manifest that love to others, um, to our neighbors, to our family members, um, and, and just to all of those around us. And so we just ask that that would permeate our lives and that we would um, seek to glorify you in that. 
Uh, Father, we also just um, want to have a uh, just pray this especially over our mothers um, today on this Mother's Day um, that you would uh, strengthen our mothers. Um, you know they certainly need it right now, and um, just just ask that you would uh, ground them in your love and that they would rely on your spirit and your uh, strength to sustain them. And so we just would ask um, a special blessing over them, and and we just thank you for them. We also. Um, realize that for some this day um, may not necessarily always be a joyous one for those that may have lo uh, lost mothers or um, who have difficult relationships with their mothers and so we ask that you would be with those those people as well um, and that you would strengthen them and be with them during this time it's in Jesus name that we pray amen so we'll now uh, continue our time just uh, in a time of giving or uh, continue our worship and giving and so um, today, I think it's, you know, appropriate just to, to thank, um, you know, God for uh, providing so much to this church and to each one of us and, and just the ways in which he supported um, this church and given um, us the ability to uh, minister to uh, the city of Norman. And so um, we'd ask you that if you're, you know, uh, led to give, you can visit our website at provroad.org slash give. Um, and there's multiple ways there that you can uh, contribute to our ministry um, and to reaching this city and this world. So thank you. Hi, church. It's good to be with you today, especially on this Mother's Day. Mothers, uh, we, uh, we love you. Uh, we're thankful for you. And uh, we just uh, hope that you're having a really, really good day. Um, and yeah, we're just so, so thankful for you. We're going to be, uh, continue on in our series where we're walking through different psalms each week. And today we come to a psalm of praise, a psalm of praise. And we haven't done one of these yet in this particular series. And um, a psalm of praise is simply where the psalmist, in this case, it's David, just is, is praising God and thanking God and worshiping God for who he is and what he has done in the lives of God's people. And let's, I want to talk about this idea of praise a little bit before we jump into the psalm. Uh, praise, you can see it as a subset of worship. I think part of worship is praising. Um, another part of worship would be uh, being, being thankful for that particular um, person, but um, a praise is a, is this idea that's very common in the scriptures and, and something that's commanded of us quite frequently in the scriptures. There's two important things I think we need to remember when it comes to praise. Um, one that you can't, somebody can't force you to praise, or at least it's not an authentic praise if someone is forcing you to do it. Praise comes from within inside a person based off of what they see or hear that wells up inside of them and then overflows out. So that's the first um, idea as it relates to praise. And secondly, um, to, to really truly praise someone authentically is to really know them, to know that person, not just what they do or how they seem, but actually to know that person. Uh, recently, we've been or I should say I have been watching, um, a lot of people have been watching the documentary on ESPN called uh, The Last Dance that follows the uh, Michael Jordan-led Chicago Bulls um, through their titles and just goes in, takes an in-depth look into the series. And it's been very nostalgic for me because when Michael Jordan came into the league, I was seven years old. When he won his first championship, I was about 13. And then when he won his last championship, I was about 20, 21. And so 
Michael Jordan was everything to me growing up as a sports fan. He was uh, my idol in that distance way. Uh, I, I loved him, bought the shoes, had multiple posters up. Um, I even wore the little red armband on my left arm when I played basketball. Um, tried to stick my tongue out when I was concentrating like Jordan. Like I was obsessed with him. And by doing all that, I was, I was praising him. I was worshiping him. And when you think of these two ideas of praise, number one, um, I, I wasn't made to do that. Nobody was forcing me to do it. I was just observing this, this genius when it came to basketball, and I loved him. I liked basketball, and so this guy could do it better than anyone else in the world. So, of course, I praised him, and that came from within me based off what I saw and how he played basketball. Second of all, um, remember praise, we said that you have to know the person to truly praise someone. And I didn't really know Michael Jordan. What I was praising of Michael Jordan was how he played basketball. I didn't know anything about, especially as a teenager, anything about how he lived off the court, any, any stories about him off the court. And I'm sure had I met Michael Jordan then, I, I would have been disappointed in some way because um, I had put him up on this pedestal. And like all human beings, he's not perfect. There's probably things that he, he, he would do in normal life that I wouldn't agree with. And so I, I wouldn't have praised him as much had I really known him. But I praised him for um, his basketball skills. And to truly, tr to truly praise someone biblically, like I said, is to know them um, and uh, be, be thankful and observe what they do. And so for God, we can't truly praise God unless we know him, know things about him, know his character, his nature. In this psalm, uh, David intimately knows God. You're going to see that. And really, there's three things that David goes through here in this psalm. He goes through his God's greatness his goodness and his faithfulness. His greatness, his goodness, and his faithfulness. And he'll see different sections that David focuses on that particular aspect of God's character. So let's jump in. We're going to walk through this like we have been. Psalm 145, verses 1 and 2. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever. And, ever. and notice there in verse 1, he is saying that I, I will extol you, my God and King. Like we think, well, once you say God, isn't that, isn't that enough to say? Um, but he actually says God and King. And there's a certain way, especially people in this time frame, would have uh, respected kings. Kings demanded praise and they wanted honor. So David is intentionally seeing God, at least in this prayer, as a king. And he also says, you'll notice in verse 2, that he does this, he extols him, and he praises him every day. Every day. And that should be a goal of ours. And a, a good application point right here, maybe some homework, is every day trying to get up sometime right when you wake up and just write a line somewhere about how much you, you're thankful for God. Or praise him for something he's done in your life. Praise him for his character. Do this daily and begin to practice this and discipline yourself to be a person who praises God. And then the next four verses we're going to look at, David jumps into God's greatness. Verse 3, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. Basically, like we could, we could search our whole lives. We could study God our whole lives. We could read the scriptures and memorize the Bible for our whole lives and still not come to the end of God's greatness. In verse 4, one generation shall commend your works to another and should declare your mighty acts. 
This one is especially, especially relevant for families and children at home. I think this is a command to parents. He's saying, one generation shall commend your works to another. So parents, our role is to commend God's works, highlight God's works, point out God's works to our children. So then they, as they grow up and become adults and, and maybe have children of their own, they then will highlight and, 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 and exhort God to their families. And it goes on and on and on. And there's no end, there's no end to God's greatness as the generations pass down um, his character, nature, and his, his, his stories about what he's done from generation to generation. In verse 5, On the glorious splendor of your majesty and in your wondrous works, I will meditate. I will dwell. I will think about what you've done, David's saying. Verse 6, They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. And as David's saying these things, you can imagine him thinking back to the things that God has already done in the life, uh, in the history of, of Israel, his people. You think of the creation, the flood, the parting of the Red Sea, the miraculous feeding of God's people when they wandered in the wilderness, the battle at Jericho, all of these things that God has done on behalf of God's people. This is what David has in mind because he would have been well versed in the history of Israel. And so up to this point, he's talked about his greatness, his, his, his strength, his might. And now he's going to move into his goodness. And he makes a clear turn here. Verse 7, they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. If you've heard that verse before, it's a verse that's quoted oftentimes in the scripture. And this is actually a quote from Exodus right after God catches Israel um, worshiping the golden calf. And he could have killed them on the spot, but he relents having um, poured out his wrath to that degree and forgives them, forgives his people for doing that. And then in Exodus, they actually say this after they say, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. They praise God because they were rebellious and he showed them mercy. Then in verse nine, it says, the Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. And now he's gonna shift back to greatness, okay? He's gone greatness to goodness, back to greatness. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. If you just read that over and over, you'll start to begin to put yourself in the place of David and you can tell these words were, were moving him to praise and moving him to worship. Now I'm going to stop here and I'll ask a question. We've looked at greatness and goodness. And those are two different aspects of God's nature. And this is kind of something I think you can take home and reflect on. Some of you watching this probably need to be reminded of God's greatness, his might, his strength. Maybe you get the, the, the goodness of God and his grace and his mercy and you understand that and he's near to you and, he, and he's someone who forgives. But do you believe he's strong and powerful and he takes sin seriously and he's sovereign and he's the creator God and he's the one who created the mountains and put the stars in their place and he's huge and he's mighty and there are characteristics that he has that we don't have. Maybe you need to think about that and, and trust and rest in the greatness of God. Or maybe some of you watching this need to trust 
and believe more in his goodness. Maybe you understand the massiveness of God, but you need to understand that God is, is good. He's, he's gentle. He comes near to the broken. We see this in the life of Jesus when he approaches the woman caught in the midst of adultery and approaches her in a, in a very gentle way. Same thing with the women at the well. Nicodemus in the tree. He says he, he, he spends time with sinners and tax collectors and the, 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 the worst of the sinners of the culture. This is God expressing his goodness through the life of Jesus. So maybe you're, you struggle with guilt and think that God doesn't love you because of something you've done in your past. Or you think God's going to strike you down anytime you do something wrong. You just have this unhealthy amount of fear when it comes to God. I want you to think about his goodness. Take this part of the psalm that talks about his goodness and think about it and reflect on it. Now the last section of this psalm, David's going to shift into talking about God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness. And faithfulness just means that God um, always shows up when he's supposed to. He, he does what he says he's going to do. Listen to verse, the second half of verse 13. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. I want to stop there. And this is talking about how God treats all of creation, all humanity, no matter if they're God's people or not. This is what theologians call common grace. He says in verse, um, in verse 15, he says, the eyes of all look to you. All, everybody looks to him, whether they know it or not, for food and water and shelter and to, to air to stay alive. And then verse 16, it says, you open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. So there's some element where God's not impartial with his grace. He gives it freely. But then you look at verse 17 and you continue. It says, the Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. So there's a special kind of grace this is talking about that God only shows to people who call on him in truth. It says, verse 19, it says, he fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. So there's a special kind of grace that God shows those, those people who have faith in him and believe in him and follow Jesus. Because there's a special kind of grace reserved for those people. So this is God's just, just, just faithfulness and he does what he says he's going to do. And you'll see in verse 20 here, um, you see his justice, God's character coming together. It's he, he, he won't let wickedness go unpunished. It says all the wicked he will destroy. This is his greatness coming out. He can't be a good, holy, and righteous God and let, just, and let wickedness go unpunished. Even this, this week in the news, there have been some very unjust things that have happened in the world. And the, that, that, this, it wells up inside of us that means somebody needs to be punished for this. And we're not guaranteed here on earth that all justice is going to be manifested through humans because we're all broken and sinful and don't always do the right thing. But we know God is holy and he's righteous and he will bring justice to all wickedness one day. And we know that and we can count on that. But we know he's also good. He, 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 he preserves all who love him. He sent his only begotten son to die for wicked, sinful human beings like me and like you all. And he made a way for people who are humble and, th and know they need a savior to come to him. 
So in one way, he's good and he's loving, forgiving, but in another way, he cannot let sin go unpunished. We have to keep both of those things together because they are both a part of God's character, his greatness and his goodness and his faithfulness. So I want to, they got one verse here, verse 21, and this is really the, to sum all this up. This is what we should do. My mouth, David says, will speak the praise of the Lord. Based off of all I've said, all that I've brought to my mind, I will praise the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. So kind of uh, some, some application here. Number one, um, I would encourage you to practice being practice praising. There's nothing wrong with building that into your schedule and to be intentional on doing that. Find a time to, uh, when, when you're watching this, maybe right now or tomorrow, to sit down and spend just a couple of minutes praising him and thanking him. That's a great way to start being a person who praises and, and build that habit into your life. And number two, think about what kind of, uh, what part of character, the character of God you need to hear. Is it his greatness or is it his goodness? And we see these sections very clear. So go back and read and meditate on that part of the psalm that you need to hear and allow God's voice through the scripture to change you and change your view of God. And I'm going to kind of model that when I close here in prayer. I'm going to read verses 13, second half of verse 13 through 17. I'm going to read it two or three times here. I'm going to repeat it. And this is the beginning, really, of meditating, okay? So as I'm doing this, this is find, on your own, find a piece of this psalm or another psalm and begin to read it over and over and ask God to speak uh, and, to, and to cause you to believe that. Verse 13b, the Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand you satisfy the desire of every living thing. If you're at a place you can read that aloud, read it aloud. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. One more time and then we'll be done. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down or humble. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. God, I pray you help us believe this. As we read your word and we meditate on your word and we we put our place in, in in the place of David and the psalmists in this book and I pray that we would feel what they feel and you would cause your spirit to be stirred within us. And cause us to, 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 to want to praise you. That that would come from the inside out. And that then that would come back and we would receive blessing from that. Because we would learn more and more about your character and your nature. We love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Uh, my prayer for myself and for all of us is that we pursue knowing God more daily. And by knowing God and all of his attributes, we would praise him and worship him and cast away all idols and little g-gods that we are tempted to run to. So let me read this verse as a blessing over you as you continue on with your Sabbath and the start of your week. Ephesians 3 verses 14 to 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, 
that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could think or ask, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen.